Hello, hello, all my peeps. Yes, it's hump day. Thank you for tuning in. Turning around with Marta, podcast of bizarre nature. Anything and everything goes here. I hope you will stick around and keep on following and listening because you never know what you're going to get. Let's get started, shall we? Well, hello there. Hello. Welcome to my shit show, as I call it. Love it. Love it. How are you? Uh, very good. Very good. Uh, hanging out here in my temporary Chicago apartment. Mm, temporary. Oh, yeah. You're in Indiana usually, right? Uh, no, I'm usually in Chicago. It's just I've been bouncing around a lot, traveling a bit. Um, so I have, you know, it's rare for me to have a permanent place. Because uh, I'm just about to leave for uh, Asia for the winter. Asia. All right. Let's. I want to. I'm listening. I'm just. Let's open with that, I guess. What's going uh, on? No, there? no yeah. No, uh, nothing special. Just vacation. Uh, I don't like winter and cold. So I'll be going to the Philippines for a month and Thailand for a month. Oh, wow. Well, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, recommend it to everybody. Yeah. I don't blame you for escaping the cold. I hate it. That's why I left. I still love Chicago, though. It's still my favorite place to live nine months out of the year. Mm, it's got its flavor, for <laughs> sure. Because you're over, you're in LA now, right? Yeah, yeah. Hate that place. Absolute shit show. Well, I'm not in LA. I'm in Orange County, so it's it it's kind of like two different worlds, per se. I believe that. Yeah, I can totally say. It. Well, it's like I've been I've done a lot of shows in like Southern California, like Costa Mesa and stuff. Like those areas are awesome. Yeah, that's that's really nice area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anything away from the city. Yeah, where Chicago, like you could be in the city, that's still really nice. True, but I don't know. I. I tried. I was deciding between New York and Chicago, and then we just ended up, fuck it, let's just go somewhere brand new and with the sun and the sun, ocean sun and helps. the mountains. Yeah, it, it um, definitely does help. Yeah, New York's tough these days. Uh, I lived in Manhattan for a summer, uh, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Um, it's just, man, it's just getting really expensive. Uh, yeah. So unless you have somewhat of an established thing or a job that's taking you there, it's a very hard city to not be doing anything. Where Chicago, mm -hmm. I can take, you know, some times off in between projects or even if work is slow, it's not like, you know, too expensive. Yeah, it's doable. There's some mm -hmm. parts in Chicago that you can definitely squeeze by. Yeah, New York. I like New York though, like the vibe and the city. Oh, I love, I love it. I have, I love Manhattan. Yeah, and I didn't feel like scared like I did in Chicago for some reason. Like, really, safety was concern. Yeah, I, I'm more uneasy in New York than I am in Chicago. Really, I, I, oh, I never care when I'm in Chicago. I walk around three, four in the morning all the time. New York, mm -hmm. I was a little more, and I, not that I've ever had a bad encounter in either place but i've definitely had more sketchy encounters in new york wow well, yeah. yeah i mean yeah walking around alone anywhere can be somewhat troublesome except japan right japan is still pretty safe i don't know did you make it um there? i haven't been there yet no yeah there's i've heard a lot of asian countries can be extremely safe especially from like violent crime and stuff but i've also heard they like also don't report it sometimes too to make their numbers mm. sound better mm, um, true. yeah so you know are they like i've heard like in um someone saying like korea is like very safe um obviously south, south korea is very safe but they have a lot of like domestic violence that goes mm. unreported so it's you know it's different than like your muggings or that but like domestic violence is like very prevalent and they just don't do anything about it yeah I don't want to scare people away. Like, right. Visiting and it's stuff. Same thing, like, I've heard Singapore is lovely and crime-free, but you get the death sentence for, like, any drug crime. So it's like, at what cost do you want your safety? Well, yeah. Or, like, cutting off limbs. All right, we're going somewhere else here. <laughs> but... Yeah, let's not... <laughs> uh, well, let's open with, you know, how did you get into magic? I mean... 
when we met at Second City, Chicago, I don't remember you mentioning like being interested in magic or maybe I forgot. Uh, you... I definitely was at the time. Um, okay. Yeah. So, because that would have been 2016. Uh, I, but I had just started uh, in magic and it was just kind of definitely like one of my main focuses in performing. But like, because I wanted to use the stuff in Second City to add to the magic, uh, which I still to this day use. I still um, use those skills, especially improv uh, nice. in my performances. And it uh, helps me stand out amongst other magicians that may have the magic part down, but their performance can be a bit lacking. Same thing, too, just when I'm doing my own pieces and stuff, just the, the training I've had with writing and acting, I think it can really shine through sometimes. So I, I recommend it to anybody who does any type of performance to add, you know, performer training, even if it's not necessarily the specialty you do. Um, yeah. It just has helped so much. It's been invaluable. Same thing when I lived in New York, I went to uh, the Lee Strasberg for method acting. Um, right. And despite, yeah, and despite never, you know, booking a tv or film role with those acting skills i use them all the time when i'm doing oh. um character you know i'm doing character yeah. work with magic or um stuff like that i was gonna just say like you never know because your skills and your training may someday actually book you a gig you know on tv or in a movie because yeah you, yeah you have no, unique I yeah, it's um, it's something I've definitely still thought of. I like live performance though, as I learned kind of more and more what like TV film acting that like you know what that the work entails for that. I got a bit turned off by it just because I love performing for a crowd. Um, I love those real reactions you get. Uh, I also don't like repetition of doing like multiple takes on something. Right. Uh, because I've done some, I uh, you know some independent projects or you know some web content projects and i'm like i hate this guys we have to do this one more time i'm gonna lose my mind and then i don't even hear people clap for me at the end like what's the point <laughs> yeah everybody has to be quiet you know yeah 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 I if somebody that. actually laughs at my joke they we have to do it again and they have to laugh <laughs> like how many times are you gonna laugh <laughs> true that's true i can see that maybe like a one take you know something that could be done uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, I think if anything, too, I'd like to probably go more online with stuff, which I still am not a huge fan of, but just the freedom and versatility of that. Um, and also, I think it's just where entertainment's going, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, that and maybe some streaming services are left, but even those, I think, may have some rocky roads ahead. I think online might just completely take over. Well, you could always do, like, magician, you know, streaming show or I, yeah i think if i ever did something it would be different than magic because like i like what i do with magic now uh i do not like online magic content i think i think it's just terrible because uh, it's inherently a live art yeah what about yeah. vegas performing someday um not you know not really that interested um i i you know why go to the place where you're going to have a lot of competition that it, it's somewhat of a cliche i mean you know who doesn't want to have a big show somewhere but and i love las vegas don't get me wrong because i uh, i gamble semi-professionally too so i i go to vegas all the time but mm. um never for magic I've, I've technically worked in vegas but not in a show i've only ever done private stuff there okay interesting gambling <laughs> poker player all right i could see that <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess next one would be how's your family how did they react when they found out what you're doing or are they supportive or questioned it or you know, um how's that vibe? yeah so um yeah i'll, I'll tell you this from my father's perspective because I don't, I don't speak to my mother um he at first now my dad's insanely supportive in, in everything i do and would, would only ever want the best for me but definitely at first, because I think he's a little more old school, his biggest concern was, oh, how are you going to do that for money? Um, which is an extremely reasonable thing to ask. As you know, I would I would tell somebody that as a not father, if they were going to get right. entertainment, it's like, what are you doing for money? 
Um, that is actually why I did choose magic uh, to be a main focus was because even at a very entry level, magicians can make enough to support themselves with, with a good amount of work. Something that really turned me away from acting was I noticed the pay rates for a large amount of work or being on a project for a long time when you're just starting out is just, it's not livable no. um, at all. So like I street performed really early in my career and I could make a hundred or two a day. Um, and, you know, it being 18, 19, 20, make 102 bucks a day, day I'm, you know, I'm set. I had a cheap apartment. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, I was fine. Obviously, I got to make more than that now as I've gotten older. Yeah, that's definitely why I chose that. And then I think once he saw that it was something I could make money at, especially because I got a touring gig at 20 years old as a assistant stage manager for a show, which, uh, you know, was a, now an actual stable job. I think he definitely was like, oh, okay, I, I see now how this works. Uh, but no, mm-hmm. he's come to he's come to a lot of my shows. I think he saw the touring show several times, uh, even in two different countries. So yeah, insanely supportive. Nice, that's good. What What about your friends? Are they? Oh, of course, of course, all. Oh, uh, yeah, of course, they're super supportive. Uh, most of my friends are also performers themselves. Uh, I have a lot of musician friends though, uh, DJs, um, instrument musicians. Uh, those tend to be uh, people I gravitate towards more. I have my magician friends as well, uh, but kind of kind of like what I was saying with Vegas. Uh, I like to be the only magician in a scene or like in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like one of the go-to people for like a lot of the music scene here in Chicago where they're like, hey, do you know a magician? They're like, oh yeah, one, just me. <laughs> we're obviously in like smart. the more, yeah, yeah. Like in the magic scenes or something, it's like, yeah, how many magicians do you know? It's like, well, 50 here they are all collected in a group here <laughs> yeah. yeah i don't know about that side of like entertainment i don't i think live performance other than improv i'm fine with that or talking to this thing i think that would be like a comedian and magician i think that would be really difficult to pull off so that's you know amazing that you are in it and you're going up and you're stuck with it so. <laughs> yeah it's um you know like with any gig type based job it, it's such a bouncing of an up and down thing you know like i'm coming off of a pretty solid gig from october where we were doing like six to ten shows a week wow. uh it was just very busy it was in it was a very good month then going into this month i was i had kind of nothing on the schedule was supposed to have another great project and then just before you know it boom it's not happening uh and that's or you know kind of i don't know if this is worst case scenario because it is work but like i've definitely been on some projects and just been like i hate this i cannot wait for this to end whereas you know if you're doing some kind of job where there's consistency you kind of know what you're getting into day by day and the Mm -hmm. highs and lows of your day tend to not be that you know wild one way or the other where when you're doing a lot of different projects like the gig economy it, it it you know is going to be that yeah well, it is what it is, <laughs> as I say. But it's, I, it seems like it's, it's a fun, fun life to me. I, I know some people question this kind of, you know, business or in, in acting or anything. You have to be really strong, and you, you sacrifice a lot just to do what you like. And I think that's. Uh, you know, people don't see that side. Like they think it just you do this, this, and and you make money, and nothing else is in the way. Like you talked about, I remember you got robbed on your adventure, and that was pretty tough because I saw it. And you know, talk about it. I don't know if you want to share that. Like the dangers um, I mean, I mean, of traveling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, I guess, a good PSA in general. Of, you know, we talked earlier about <laughs> different places that were dangerous or not. Um, I, I guess that would just be something that goes along with when you're trying to do something yourself and putting a lot of work into something yourself and, and you are then 100% responsible for yourself. Yeah. Um, which, which <laughs> clearly, if something goes bad, uh, it can go very bad and there's there's no real backup plan. Where like when I toured with a company, uh, obviously if something like that were to happen there, well, mm-hmm. you have an entire company behind you. 
yeah. um, you're fine. Where when it happened to me, it was literally just me. And I had, well, you know, obviously not just me. I, you know, once I was able to get in contact with like, my dad who helped me out and stuff and some friends gave me some support. But um, professionally, it was just on me. And as a result, I just had to take the loss and move on. Um, similarly to, you know, I produce events every so often here in the city. Uh, it's a similar thing to where if, if things don't work out, financial hits or just emotional hits too of, uh, things are pretty much on you. Um, and not to say other jobs don't have that as well, but, you know, like I was saying with that gig economy, with having a lot of different things, having to constantly be looking for new projects, um, you know, that's where it can start to just take a toll. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> yeah. Myself. Yeah. Yeah. It, um, I don't know. I've, I've never been one of those people that are like overly positive about things. Uh, cause I think it's someone invalidating where someone's like, Oh, well it happened for a reason. It's like, no, it's not. No, <laughs> not everything. Some, some things <laughs> just suck. And then you move right. on. Um, yeah. so that would definitely fall in that category. I will say I did get the October gig that I would not have been able to take. And that October gig was great, but that's, that's just making the best of a situation that that wasn't like, you know, some, Oh, it was destined or whatever bullshit. Some hippie wants to say to me, but you're not a very, um, I would say spiritual, but yeah, spiritual. Like yeah, absolutely a, not. No <laughs> like a believer in certain no, things. No, none of that. None of that. I um, do. I do think there's fate. I don't know if you heard my spiritual episode, which I'm still trying to figure out what what the fuck I experienced because I'm not like a very I don't know. Since I kind of looked at things in my life, I kind of saw some kind of pattern, but not everything is fate. Yeah. Although one Honestly. thing that I think happens with hu- with humans is, and this is something as a gambler. If you ever like, you run into this a lot of people who gamble, they're like superstitious or they think there's some kind of pattern to gambling. Like a classic example is roulette. Um, Every instance of roulette happens in a vacuum. It doesn't matter what happened before. It will not matter what happens after. Every time the ball is thrown uh, around that roulette wheel, the chances of it hitting any number are always the same. But people will, you know, they have like a board that says what happened last time, what's happened the last 20 times. And people will make assumptions based on that. Or they go, oh, well, you know, things are more likely to hit back to back. Or they they say all this stuff that's just objectively wrong. It's just factually wrong. And it's because humans like to find patterns. Humans like to see things as having more order in their head than they really do. And I think we're very biased in that regard. We love to see, it's like uh, people like believe like numerology. They're like, I always keep seeing these numbers. It's like, yeah, cause you're looking for them. You know, it's like, you True. see so many numbers every day. If you want to find the number eight, you could find the number eight a thousand times a day, but you'll also find one through nine also a thousand times a day. <laughs> right. True. And you're not looking for those. I always see my um, kids time of birth which I find it interesting that you say that. Um, my younger son was born at 5.55, and I see that number all the time, like either on the clock or some place that we go to often, and then I'm like, wait, that's the address, 5.5. So it's just, I don't know, it's kind of interesting. But I, I understand what she's saying. I think we are creatures of habit, and we want an explanation. Because when you don't have um, like a reason for something, you look for some kind of sign, some kind of pattern. That's true. But you probably have better view on it because of the gambling aspect. And I didn't even look at it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> you know, it really starts to change your mind when you just see people be uh, objectively wrong about it. You know, there's always... There's always some debate when it comes to spirituality or faith that you, you can't really argue against from like a mathematics standpoint. But like when people think that, you know, the what what happened last in a gambling instance will affect what happens in the future. It's like you can definitely just say that's just incorrect. That's just not how it works. <laughs> right. Right. What were your like the toughest shows, if you want to share or oh, type okay. of is, shows? Um, yeah, probably. Some of the toughest are when you just have a hostile audience. 
which I deal with very, very little, thankfully. Um, I, I've dealt with, I guess, a lot in the past, but most gigs I do, I think people are lovely. At worst, people can be a bit um, just not that fun with it. You know, sometimes people just aren't that into it. That's fine. I can handle that. What you can run into, though, is people who actively either want to you know mess with you or like kind of mess you up because that's what some people think with magic Ooh, i'm gonna try to you know get him so he can't get me and it's just such a dumb way of watching someone perform mm. so it and it's worse than like heck i mean hecklers are bad for stand-up comedians but this is a bit worse because if you have somebody you're interacting with because magic does require a certain amount of them working with me like if i say hey write down a country and they're like, ooh, I'm going to get them. I'm going to write down a color. Um, there starts to just become increasing amounts of ways that someone can mess it up. And also just to the point that it just ruins it. So I would say anytime somebody is just actively trying to... And I've, I've gotten so good about who I pick to even help me with stuff if it doesn't happen. Usually this only happens when I'm doing a what's called like a walk-around gig where I'm going to you know, different tables at a dinner or like a party. So I'm literally interacting with everybody. Oh, so like, I'm, I'm like a show where I only pick like six people that I have gotten like a vibe from, or I can just kind of like see who's going to be fun, see who's, you know, the person sitting like this, he's not coming on stage. The right. person who's like the, you know, they're going to, they're going to come up there. It's going to be more fun. So, yeah. but you know, when I'm doing these walk around gigs, there's sometimes where it's a table of two people and both of them could just be assholes. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm paid to entertain. So I'm going to at least give it a fair shot. Same thing too, just people who are, I think people who are also like very drunk. Uh, people always say like, oh, it must be good doing magic for drunks. No, it's awful. It's like any interaction with a drunk person. It's terrible. Right. <laughs> no, it's, it's, um, yeah, that's definitely not fun, especially because I always made the joke. I'm like, I can do anything to this person. They don't, they have no idea what's happening right now. So yeah, I would say definitely rather very drunk or, or kind of hostile audience. Um, Bully or some asshole yeah, showing some, up. I would say that. Showing like, some off people to that, their friends yes, or something. Yeah, there's definitely like, yeah, that bully type person um, or or someone that's too cool for it. Yeah, it um thankfully like I said I don't really have to deal with that that often. Pretty rare, but it, you know it happens. I I've mm -hmm. I've only gotten better at dealing with it. Um I'm also pretty of the opinion of even if I am being paid on a on a gig, I will just tell somebody I'm not performing for them. You don't get to demand things of me like even oh, yeah. if you are paying me. So, I'll just be very blunt with people or you know, I do my one thing and you know, if they were very rude the, the whole time they're like, "Oh, well, show me another." I'm like, "No." <laughs> you no, get one. You're done. Sorry. Yeah, you're done. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I have no no issues doing that. Okay. Uh, but I can definitely see some performers that that get a bit intimidated and and end up in some uncomfortable situations. But not me. I <laughs> I will always stand up for myself. That's good. Do you do like for kids or just mostly adults? Uh, these days mostly adults. Uh, I started my career doing a lot of family stuff. Uh, I will still do family performances. Um, I'm more so, I think there's a huge difference between family friendly and for kids, because if you are a kid's performer, that implies that your, your audience, the people you're tailoring your work to is children, uh, which is very hard and a great skill and has, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for kids performers. That's a whole different type of performance. Family friendly, however, is not only is it, you know, suitable for kids, like, you know, there's not, you know, profanity or, you know, anything uh, explicit, but it also means that you are going to entertain every age, um, which is something I do a bit at parties because, you know, you got to think if you're having a birthday party for, for dad, you've got every age from the eight year old to the 80 year old. So then I will have material that plays to some degree for all of them. Yeah, that's something that I think is a big selling point for like when someone hires me for a private event. Uh, but I would say not, these days, 95% of my work is just for adults, which again, in, in its own right is I have a specific show that like this is for adults in a party environment. That is what this show is for. Yeah. Um, not that it, it's necessarily profane in any way, but just that's like the no, material just, is. Yeah. Uh, you gotta it, have it's the like right audience for, you know. Right. Like, because I do uh, comedy mind reading these days. And like mind reading, 
um, because it can be a bit slower, very talk heavy. Uh, I never want to do it in front of kids. It's just not interesting to kids. Yeah, they have a span of TikTok, you know. Yeah, well, no, adult. Trust me, adults have that these days too. Well, that's true. more so. Kids just like it a bit more silly, and mind reading tends to be a bit serious at times, and they'd rather see something um, and be a bit more silly. Sorry, oh, hey, dog. dog! Hey, dog! So, what is that also, into? Well, I was, I was also going to say, I, I, I take care of a lot of dogs these days. I do like dog walking and dog sitting around the city, um, which has been an awesome way to supplement income and also just keep myself busy during the day because usually mm-hmm. obviously usually my, most of my shows are weekends and nights yeah i love me some dogs my first dog ever so she's oh what he's a dogs. beast <laughs> i've never owned a dog but i i mean i i work with a lot of dogs all the time so 26 years of owning cats to this so it's it's like a whole different world and uh, dogs are just like little humans yeah i i would say the like the disparity between like a bad dog and a good dog is insanely wide where like a bad cat versus a good cat is kind of like this like it'll it'll go away and yeah dogs i think yeah dogs have a lot of a lot of require a lot more work as well but i think they can also be a lot more rewarding yeah mostly because they require the work and their eyes like you know the lashes and the the brows. That's what gets me. Like, hmm? <laughs> they go hmm? and that. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. funny too. She's staring at me. Oh, I was gonna ask you what what was uh, the mind comedy? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. My um, what com- comedy that? mind reading is what I call it. Um, so there's uh different types of magic. There's like like close up sleight of hand. There's escape artistry, like people think of like Houdini. There's the like big box Vegas style illusion show, like a Copperfield uh, or like Siegfried and Roy. Um, then there is uh, what's called like mentalism or like mental magic. So that's what I've currently been specializing in. Uh, this is, goes for anything from, you know, reading someone's thoughts to predicting uh, the future, things like that. And I, I picked that for a few reasons. Um, one, I think it, it's very good for like adult audiences. It's a bit of a good or eye-catching thing to say, like mind reader. It's just very fun. Um, and then it's uh, it uh, it packs small as well, so it's very travelable. Uh, I don't have a lot of props that I use. It's mainly just me and a microphone, nice. uh, and like a notepad or like a whiteboard. Where uh, one of my friends does what's called a manipulation act. It's where he like makes a bunch of stuff appear, and there's there's all these props and things are flying around. It's amazing. It's incredible. He has like six suitcases that he has to travel with for his act. Wow. Um, I have a briefcase. That's part of why I really like it. It's also the most. It lends the best to like a stand up comedy type magician, which is what I am. I don't know. There's different types. I mean. You know, you know the obvious ones, the the bunny out of the hat and all that stuff. I don't know if people actually do that, but... I have, to this day, never seen a rabbit pull it out of a hat. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> exactly. It's funny how that is the, uh, the thing everyone thinks of, but it's something that they've never seen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, like, uh, what's his name? Mr. Blaine. Oh, David Blaine. Uh, yeah, I've seen his acts. I mean, obviously he's all over the place, but that was kind of different magic that I didn't. Yeah, you know. he's also. I think they call it like a um, endurance performer, or like he'll do physical stunts, like when he's like frozen in ice. It's like it's not yeah. really like what you consider like a performing magician's thing. It's more of a a stunt or like a physical feat. Yeah, kind of like um, you ever seen like like a like a sideshow act, like where they nail a nail into their nose. Yeah, that's something too that like it kind of is close to magic, but really it's more sideshow or like a feat. Yeah, because like magic implies magic. that there is some kind of trick, deception, illusion to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Where like when you put a nail in your nose, you're just putting a nail in your nose. Like that's not that's like actually happening. That's not fake. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird ones. Uh, oh, like which so where have you performed? Like I know you've been around quite yeah, a bit. Um, I've worked in I think like 45, 46 states. 
um, every province of Canada that matters. That means Newfoundland doesn't count. How big is your Canadian audience? How controversial is that comment going to be? Uh, I do have some. <laughs> Any newfies? <laughs> uh, probably not probably not there's like no there's like there's like 10 of them uh so done that uh, quebec Mexico is... city oh yeah i've done oh, i love i love quebec i've done quebec i've done montreal um mexico city uh london amsterdam uh spain a place near barcelona in spain called solo and then probably next year we'll include um ireland because i have several shows in ireland i'll be rescheduling Cool. Yeah, I have a lot of friends there. Um, I'll be going to about, I got about like 10 different venues that uh, I was meant to go earlier this year. Should be fun. Uh, they they are really fun audiences. They really like to um, just have a good time, like as a people, like culturally. They love having yeah, a few drinks think... and having a good laugh. So it's, it, it's a very fun audience to play for. And very interactive, I, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, I think what's uh, hilarious with the Irish is they're very expressive and mm-hmm. I, they they like get angry when they like really like you, like, especially with magic, uh, like you'll, you know, you'll, you'll do something amazing and they'll just like, they'll just like hit the person next to them. Like, fuck off. You know, they're just like, no way. Get out of here. It's just so funny. I would like to see like your lineup for maybe where you would like to perform as well put it out there oh so uh, maybe you can yeah so i will be while i'm in asia i want to be scouting out venues and potential things especially in the philippines while i'm there so uh, although i have nothing on the books yet uh, i'm sure i can because i'll be in manila uh you know the capital city so it'll um i'm sure there'll be something i can find oh, yeah. uh, that might either take me back there or maybe even something i can do a bit last minute in addition to that, because I have not been anywhere in Africa yet, I'd like to do Africa. I, I think finding something in South Africa would probably be very easy, uh, considering you know the British influence and the amount of holiday destination it is. What about cruise? Um, you know, I almost worked for Virgin Voyages at one point. Um, it, it got cut off because of COVID. I think I would like it, but I think I would only like it once. I, I haven't heard the best reviews from working cruise lines now this goes this applies mm-hmm. to all of them i've i mm-hmm. you know i like to travel so i think i that's a, definitely a perk for me however i have heard just at the end of the day like you're just you're on the ship yeah like you're just on the ship for your job so i think it would really really come down to how nice the accommodations were which i've heard they're never that good and you know, just what 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 could I do on the ship to entertain myself? Um, I am a single guy who lives alone, so I'm having uh, ramen. Yes, yes, and I'm, I'll be eating it with a fork. And I'd like I would like everyone to know it is because there are no chopsticks in this place that I am renting. Oh wait, there are chopsticks. Never mind. I was ah, or you can use two. I have I have pens. chopsticks in my personal place I live. It's just I'm renting this place, so I did not think there were any. When I worked on several sets here in in LA only, uh, I've met people who, like, you sit down to lunch and they r- literally roll out this kind of toolkit for lunch. And in it, they would have, you know, the fork, spoon, their own utensils, but they also have chopsticks because you never know what you're going to have for lunch on the set. And mm-hmm. they like to have, you know, the tools available, which I find very interesting. Yeah. Um, I think chopsticks are interesting. So I eat a lot of sushi. But actually, like, in Japan, uh, sushi is, like, perfectly fine to eat with your hands. Right. Um, yeah, usually I just, I will use the chopsticks to put, because I, like, have, like, a shared platter a lot. Uh, I will use the chopsticks to put them onto my plate and then eat them with my hands. But if it's just me, like if the sushi is just mine, 100% only using my hands. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I I actually think we use too many utensils as a society in general. Oh, I, true. yeah, I like food that I don't have to use utensils for. I think it's a bit silly that we do. Well, I'm into salads lately. So that kind of, that would be a little difficult to 
I think you could 100% eat a salad with your hands. Yes. Each bite is a, is a, is its own lettuce wrap. Unless it's shredded. No, you'd still just wrap up Scoop the shredded it. bits in your hand. Well, there is a technique I can master. All right. Think... Aren't you guys like in a drought? Not anymore. People are back to washing their cars every day outside. Watering the lawns. Yeah, they're well. We don't have really lawn, but I have rocks. <laughs> Big noodles. Mm-hmm. But I love ramen here. We have some good ramen places. I California's got some great. Probably enjoy that. Great Asian food all all around. I had a question coming. So, how long do you have to prepare for a show, or does it take? More preparation since what you're into, like more mental. Um, like I knew most things tricks. pretty. Yeah, I knew most things pretty quick. Um, I like to have a good amount of time, but for the most part, just like I said, it's so so few prop, pretty pretty easy show to pick up and put down. Mentally uh, more so as well, like. or um, I'm pretty always on when it comes to performance. I, I I don't really need to get myself too much in the zone. I'm usually pretty there. Uh, the one thing I do like to do is, though, I like to talk to a good amount of my audience, or at least a few members of the audience beforehand, uh, just to get a vibe of them. You know, not telling them anything, not telling them to do anything, but just nice to kind of meet a few people, uh, just so I, you know, who I'm bringing up is fun to have up there or, or is will work with me to a certain degree. I always, I always like that. And then if I'm doing a private gig, too, I try to introduce myself to everybody before I start, which is just, you and know, then, good, good business, like too, at the scouting. end of the day. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, see who I want to use for this or that, or sometimes you know maybe even yeah, like again for private events, like get a bit of information. Like, oh, it's you know that's that's the guy whose birthday it is. Oh, when his brother's in town, they haven't seen each other in ten years. You know, just a little information and bits that I can then use. Um, more so from a comedic aspect than anything. Yeah, I'm a, I'm not a comedian. I don't think I don't know. <laughs> I, I tried. I, I really tried, but. That's a funny line in and of itself is just, I'm not a comedian, I don't think. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, whatever you find funny, I don't know. Yeah, I, I always say there's a huge difference between being funny and being a comedian. I have some so, I have some friends who are comedians who are the least funny people on the planet. Um, Not to say that their work is bad, but I mean just like them as individuals, they are not funny. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you get that a lot with performers, I think. A lot of performers sometimes are very on when they're on. And then when they're off, as dumb as it sounds, they're just very normal. You know, they're normal people. Yeah. Where, like, I, I think I'm actually in the minority of... I'm pretty character-like all the time because I like to kind of be that way. Um, a lot of things I say are joking around or are supposed to be fake, you know, where most people, when they talk, they have real conversations where I'm just kind of fucking around a lot, so... My my onstage personality, my offstage personality are, are very similar. I mean, I grew up idolizing. Now that strike is over, thank God I can. Was... I do talk. I was gonna say uh, Jim Carrey is somebody I, you know, kind of idolized. Well, first was Charlie Chaplin because that's what we had in Poland, and then definitely the old Jim Carrey. I would say I Ace Ventura a, um... type guy yeah i watched um a really good thing about jim carrey and about how he felt that he was only ever the character he was actually not real Mm. he was not an individual he was only only his characters and that's how he would only be viewed fascinating guy i love jim carrey also like very like almost tragic type character really about his relationship with um entertaining yeah well, the way he started was, you know, because his mom was sick, so he was entertaining her to make her laugh and make her feel better. So that's already, you know, starting off pretty dark. Yeah, I think also just um, how how people view celebrity, especially in America, um, is so toxic. And I think I think to a degree, how people treat performers like. You know, uh, a classic joke me and uh, my friends will do, especially like my street performing friends, we would always say like, dance, monkey, dance. Because that's kind of how people would treat it. Like, come on, yeah, entertain exactly. me. Yeah. Um, so I think that's exactly how he felt. You know, he's the trained monkey that gets taken out of the cage instead of being this, you know, person. 
and you have to always be entertaining you know you can't right. have a normal moment of you know drama in your life come on right. buddy you know show it's us also why i think I, I it's one thing too with live performance i like a lot more like people i mean you know do people some people know me in chicago sure have some people heard my name sure but at the end of the day like you know i can just walk down the street and be, exactly. and be fine i think I, I have no interest in acquiring a level of fame that would ever get me recognized regularly. Well, um, there are celebrity entertainers and there are entertainers. Right. So, you know, most of normal people rather just do regular entertaining and keep working and just, you know, being normal part of right. the realm. Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I think it's, it's so crazy how many... Um, and again, I think with our broadcast and mass media age, this is becoming less and less of a thing. But, you know, why listen to, you know, pop star number eight song in a row, you know, and when you have plenty of local artists and people you could go see down the street, uh, friends who do stuff like like when it comes to like DJs and stuff, I cannot name you one DJ that I really know and listen to that is not also like a buddy of mine. Um, not that any of my buddies are famous is, is, not, is not what I'm trying no, to say. But just, they're, I prefer they're in to the listen. I, I prefer to listen to my friends' work. Like I want to go see my friends' shows. Right. I, I want to do I want or or local stuff in general or some smaller stuff in general. Um, you know, that's one thing with entertainment. There's like a, a small percentage of people at the top that make an insane amount of money. And there's not really an entertainer middle class. Or yeah. if there is, it's very rare. Uh, I think again, magicians thankfully get to be that because, uh, like, I make I support myself with entertainment uh, and make a living amount. But you know, I got a lot of stand up com- comedian friends that man, they do a lot of shows. They do a lot of shows, and they're very good. They still are not making enough to support themselves. Mm-hmm. So, and then you have some comedians that are making, you know, hundred million a year, <laughs> or you know what I mean, like yeah. it. which i mean will always yeah which will always be a a, to a degree at the case but like you know if i see somebody saying oh i'm going to so and so big name comedian i'm like great how many other shows do you go to a year to support local people or like your buddies like and they you know they don't it's like right like you clearly you clearly like this art form you clearly like this thing go go support it so see somebody unknown you know just Maybe that one's gonna make you laugh more than you know the one that yeah is all over HBO and you you've heard that act you know right yeah absolutely um and you know still have your favorites because what was that? I mean I went and saw Dave Chappelle was just in Chicago I went to go see oh, him yeah, he's definitely my favorite, he's my, see fa- him. my favorite of he's my favorite of all time I'm not saying don't do that I'm just saying like you know don't only support those people yeah um you know throw your friends music on your Spotify playlist um or my podcast yeah yeah exactly so just yeah because there's so much like good entertainment happening i think chicago is a great city for that chicago has an awesome live entertainment scene has some great local celebrities that get a lot of support from the community um that is 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 a lot of fun so we have we have a good amount of people that that do a lot of fun work around here yeah i mean chicago is a good mix of different genres for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I never thought I would be doing this, but I am a talker, so why not? Everyone has a podcast. I mean, just, Everybody does have a podcast. You know, seemed like yeah. everywhere you look, I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't even look into this world. But then during strike, of course, like this was perfect. I vent. And then I can edit and what have you and just keep my mind busy and still create something, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully entertain people to some degree. I don't know how entertaining this is, but I am also interested in different people. You know, my show is about finding out about all sorts of people and what they do. And again, it's not a celebrity type show. I mean, a lot of celebrities had huge celebrities on it's not about that i just want to yeah. talk to normal people i've always been very drawn to those two um yeah because it's like if i want to hear you know an a-list actor talk i can do that it's very easy right. they talk a lot but like 
you know, there's so many people. I love jobs that you don't know exist. Those are my favorite kinds of jobs. And just hearing somebody talk about their job of like, oh, I never knew somebody did that. Like, obviously, somebody does do that job. Um, um, So, yeah, I love stuff like that. Yeah, I I was really hoping to go to Second City in L.A., but it fucking closed. Like, for good? Yeah. Oh, wow. When I looked last time, it was, I mean, they have groundlings, but. Groundlings, yeah. So I yeah, guess that's I have not, the only place, but. I haven't been back to Second City in years. I think an issue was with improv. It's kind of, it's, you know, it's very cap. You yeah. either, you, you know, you have your fun with it and then either you go on to do bigger things or if you're still doing like just improv after a few years, it's kind of like you're, you've not done anything. Well, I'm doing improv. I stand by my opinions. It's. It's a class to take, program to take, and you, you either use it or you don't. Yeah, it's, but you know, it should I be beneficial my, in your life. Yeah, absolutely. I think though, just the like improv world, it, it's almost it's almost like Ponzi scheme esque. It's like okay, I'll you know let's pay the teacher and then get my friends to come to the show to pay for the show and then uh, one day play. maybe I'll be a teacher. Yeah, yeah. Um. Inv- invaluable skills absolutely but i think as mm-hmm. also like as a as a performance type it's very weak i think just to go to like a pure improv show improv as a, i'll say musical improv I'll, I'll i'll i do enjoy that most of the time uh but yeah just straight up improv like you're you're almost you're like you're showing me it's like watching an athlete practice or the athlete do training it's like you're you're not showing me the final product. You're showing me the process to get to the final product. Mm. Uh, it's just not that interesting to watch. And you know what? Some nerds of of sports love to watch the training and the like the football combine, and uh, they love watching that nonsense. But you know, show me the show me the game. Show me the big game. There's always an audience or something. So, so the, just took yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always an audience. So says the internet. Oh, anything you would like to share? Like what something about the because a lot of people don't know what you guys do. I mean Yeah. Um they just think of the rabbit coming out of the hat. Yeah. Some I, card I tricks, say, you know. Yeah. I would say kind of like I mentioned earlier, you know, everyone thinks of the rabbit out of the hat, yet they've never seen it. Um I think magicians because magicians definitely aren't its height of popularity. I think it's weird though because everybody does know what magic is. Like no From one's the like beginning of time, really. Right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, even like in that today's society, like, if you, yeah. If you say like, "Oh, I'm going to see a magician," people kind of have a, an idea of what that's going to be. Uh, but for how much we are in the zeitgeist and how much we're in public perception, uh, most people don't go see magic shows. Um that often or they don't really know like exactly what a magic show would entail i mean the amount of people that i do magic for that say i'm the first person that ever seen magic is crazy so i would just i don't know i guess my thing would just be go see what kind of magic's going on in your area especially if you're in a big city i mean you have no excuse there's always a magic show going on in a, in a major city um or if you hear a magic show that's coming to town um you know look look into it and be like oh i will go check that out um yeah that's what i would just say just go uh go see some magic uh and if you're interested in learning magic too uh, i think it's a it's a great art form uh to learn and to specialize in and uh especially if you're kind of young performer or you know not even young but new to performing and, and you would like to do something that uh is a bit different but also just realistically can also make money well um because you have a private gig market that uh, some other types of performers don't have the same availability to. Um, I would, I would highly recommend it. Yeah. You have a wide range. You can go even nursing homes, you know, you can entertain I, there. Yep. I have done nursing homes. They're bored. Yeah. Oh, those are the most like fulfilling gigs. Because, like, you could turn somebody who is just in one of the most miserable situations and immediately make their day. Where, yeah. like, you do something like that, you know, it feels very different than, like, entertaining drunk rich guy number five. Or hospital. Um, 
hospice. Yeah, yeah. All there's these um, places. I've done um, I've done stuff for like children's hospitals before. Um, yeah, that's the beauty of it too. You you have like a inherent volunteer work you can do with your art as well. I know some people don't like to; they'd rather do it in different ways. But yeah, you you know, it's also just a you know, unlike acting, and not to say acting is bad, obviously, but you know, if you're like hanging around with your buddies at the bar, you're not just going to go bang out a monologue to entertain people. It's just not, I mean, I you would. can. Yeah. If you're a loser, no, no, it was a joke. Uh, I'm serious, but it was a joke. Um, what you can do, however, is you can break out a little sleight of hand trick uh, for the bartender. And he's like, all right, free drink. You know what I mean? Like you get yeah. to have that. It's a very fun thing to know how to do. Even if you just know it uh, for for fun's sake, like I'm actually teaching magic lessons to someone right now who has no interest in performing professionally. Uh, she just likes the art and she kind of just wants something. She wants to know more about it, wants to know some stuff for herself and just have some fun with it for her family and friends. Well, give us the info on that as well. Your private lessons. Oh, I, I'll be honest. I don't do them often, but if, if anybody is interested, right. uh, I do it's offer another... them another way in there yeah yeah i i you know i have an expertise Might as I'm, i'm always willing to share it and teach it yeah you're just like opening up all these ideas that yeah you know, people also... don't think of magician that way yeah um i have a friend who does uh corporate consulting where you know his his pitch is you want to use a creative type brain like a magician's brain would be and apply that to um, like corporate work. Mm -hmm. um, so like that's another one that, you know, take, takes a more corporate angle. I also try to help, you know, I mean, each other because we're all in some kind of oh, yeah. business or, or, you know, my best friend does herbal and Reiki and all that stuff. So I try to get her out there, you know, in the world and, help out you know i can't i don't make anything out of this show financially it's just at least i can promote and do that for people yeah oh yeah it's um and connect you know yeah i get to i get to work with a lot of my buddies so like my favorite thing when i go on a gig is i don't pitch me i pitch to try to handle their entertainment for the whole night So especially when these are bigger events and bigger budget, I'm like, cool. Like, what, what are we working with here? How many people you want? So I can bring on um, like, hey, we're going to have a juggler going around the room. Oh, cool. You need a, a DJ too. Great. My buddy's going to DJ. He's handling the music. He already knows all my show cues. Perfect. And then I'll, I'll be hosting the night like that. We get throw my magic act in there. So I love doing that. That's, That's one thing that got me into producing is that I can just go book these events with all me and my buddies which is, is super fun. Is there like a hub for you guys anywhere or maybe start one? Uh, as far as? Not union. I'm, I'm just saying like somewhere where everyone, you know, would uh, go to and pull from. Like I have this kind of magician, this kind, you know, just like a one. Come on. I, what you're saying. I mean, yeah, I almost like, you know there I'm, i'm a few steps away from like becoming an agency essentially well uh, i don't know if i'd want to go that far <laughs> hey it'll be beneficial yeah it's a whole different you'll know your competition but then you're like you know i can yeah be that i've also found one. that when you are I, here's one thing i don't i i like being able to bring my friends on stuff i don't like being responsible for everybody involved Uh, no. I've had some I've had some stuff go bad in that regard and they what's annoying is if you're the one that puts it together it's not oh that person was bad it's oh you're bad for putting them in you know putting them on yeah come uh, on. then they're you can't control people <laughs> right Obviously. I mean if only if only life worked that way <laughs> yeah I think for the most part it's just I the thing I like is it just you know when i'm booking gigs and stuff it, you know going through me and then i can just you know put the right people in touch with whoever is organizing it from them because usually they have somebody already organizing it yeah they just need uh to know who to contact or 
you know, I can just kind of help, help organize from there. Well, if I hear there's a need, I'll drop your name. Oh, that'd be great. Or, sometimes or, or better, they look, better. you know, for magicians and stuff and who have improv skills. Or yeah. Shows um, and stuff. So I yeah, know it's definitely. not your favorite to do like multi take. Um, no, but... I mean, I, I, I still, I like going on different projects. I like having different things uh, to do. I mean, if it's a Marvel uh, project, I'm sure you're not gonna say no. Uh, then I have to decide if my hate for Disney outweighs oh, my want of oh. money. <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. That's on it. record. Hates it Disney. doesn't have to be Marvel. It can be, you know. <laughs> Some some kind of uh, no, but a, bi- a big budget production. Yeah, like legit. It's funny because you're not the first person recently to make that same that same uh, kind of statement. She was like, "Well, yeah, but if a Marvel movie came by, <laughs> right, you would think about it at least." Yeah, depends sure. on who I'd play. I mean, if someone you lets me see yourself, what do you mean who someone you play? Knows. If someone lets me be a superhero, I'm gonna probably be a superhero, but superhero not juggling, but doing <laughs> magic. <laughs> I can only do one item, so that's not even what I can do. Maybe <laughs> I need to work on that to put on my skills resume part. Yeah, just throw on throw on juggling. Yeah. Just don't tell them that you're limited to one item. You're just I don't even make it that that graceful. It just whole different thing. <laughs> but um, yeah, we just have a few minutes left. It looks like. Yeah. Was there anything else? Uh, you know, in closing, you wanted to know or thoughts you had. What is? Let's see. Something about you, like music, food. I mean, I know you like sushi and ramen. I do, I do. I do like my Japanese cuisine. Uh, I'm a pretty big board game player. Uh, big fan of that. Big game night guy, like activities. A big right. game set up on my kitchen counter right now. During Really, I, I mean, I love board games. Um, I like, I'm a big activity person. It's like, I need something actively to do. I don't really like sitting down or, you know, like just sitting still. Uh, also, they're very good, that. like, right. Very good uh, social thing as well. Um, you know, so it's fun to like have a task during a social interaction instead of just having to socialize. I mean, unless I'm doing this, I'm doing 10 things at once. So right. I'll have two computers going. I have crochet in my hand, <laughs> TV going, but I'm listening to something on, you know, on headphones cooking and you were com- and you were complaining about the kids and their tiktok Jeez. yeah and i'm sure there's gonna be another thing that it's gonna come up after tiktok i but some of that shit is funny <laughs> <laughs> i during covid you know that's when i got on tiktok and i was like that's the thing with with you know what i do especially the mind reading like one thing i hate is when people go like immediately they want to record it which is fine with me as far as like I, you know you can see what i do i don't mind if you have a video of what i do what i don't like is i'm going to be talking for like eight minutes straight before i get to anything that's like magic it's like it's a part of the process so like they want this like short video that just makes everyone go whoa so they're sitting there holding down and i'm like yeah it's gonna be the most boring instagram story of your life you're not gonna get views (laughs) right right i'm like and, and and if you do just show the reveal at the end it doesn't make any sense yeah um yeah so i i <laughs> sometimes i'll literally tell people i'm like if you want a video i'll give you a video like i'll do something that was good for video but this this is going to be you know eight to ten minutes of a process uh so let me do that put your phone down let me do that and then i'll give you a three second video right after and then how can they concentrate on what you're saying if they're just trying to captivate, you know, something waiting yeah. for, you know, they're not listening. Yeah. And, and part of it too is like, you know, they want to record their friend, you know, which I think is fine. 
like same thing too like a parent wants to record their child doing something i get it that's fine yeah but definitely that inherent like oh i want to record a thing happening uh mentality yeah it's a bit distracting so because it's like yes i'm doing i'm talking with them but i'm going to talk to you at some point too like let me one influencer at this event um she came in with this bright like flash or light on the front of her phone when she was recording and like put it like right in my face and like i lived like they took everything i had not to just be like put that fucking thing down right but- like it genuinely hurt my eyes because it was in a darker room and it just turned the corner and like put it in my face and i'm like i get you are you are like recording stuff and you need it to look good and even a part of promotion but like get that shit out of my face like is the nicest way i can put it yeah yeah i would shut it i would just tear it off i don't know oh my god i was not i was i'm like like maybe just ask next time i don't know i think we're we're getting this (laughs) yeah my god like a spot like a searchlight just like went in my face like I don't know. Anything go see, and everything. Uh, go see a local magic show, guys. Or maybe cool. go learn some magic yourselves. Have some fun with it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to learn some magic. I'm gonna need magic to work <laughs> I'll in this some, town. Sometime. Next time yeah. you come visit Chicago, I'm not gonna teach you anything for LA. You gotta come to Chicago. <laughs> All right. That's fine. <laughs> All right. Take well, care. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for turning in to another Turning Around with Marta shit show of Bizarre Nature. And we had a guest, magician, Brandon Ware. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.